Welcome to the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, E. Vandervliet, with his trusted canine sidekick, Woody, where we bring you the news raw, unfiltered, and with no chaser. And once again, you have found the PBL podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor, where we deliver it to you straight, unfiltered, and with no chaser. Eve Andervliet here. Of course, I am not with my trusted canine co-host. If you're a regular to the show, you know I always have Woody with me, my trusted dog, Woody. He's the om dogsman of the show, but he's back home. I'm out on the road with my wife uh, on a business trip for her, just as a guest, just to, to keep her company. And I'm in beautiful Jacksonville, Florida. So we are on the remote. We are doing a remote here. So don't have the same resources I had back home, but we're making it happen. Let's get right to it. What I was talking about in the last segment is you're not going to believe this. The, you know, the right here, we'll start with the, this story where um, this is out of the Reno Gazette Journal. The headline is, without evidence, Nevada GOP continues legal push to question Nevada's election integrity. That's right. Without evidence. This was published uh, yeah, November 17. Ed Comenda and James DeHaven took two people to write it because one person just didn't have all the information to say. Without evidence, Nevada GOP continues legal push to question. Because, you know, they, they, it takes a lot of effort. A lot of effort to tell people uh, there's nothing to see here, to tell people these are not the droids you're looking for. Here from the Conservative Treehouse, by the way, the Conservative Treehouse was just announced that WordPress is going to deplatform them because of their right-leaning opinions. Yeah, that's where we're at as a country. But anyway, here's an article from the Conservative Treehouse. Nevada, Trump campaign team lawsuit, more than 15,000 people voted in Nevada and another state. Now, where this story is coming from is what they're claiming, and this is what the lawsuit claims. Uh, well, I'll read it from the article. Clark County, Nevada is notorious for election fraud, going all the way back to the SEIU union, busing people in from California to vote in Nevada elections. This is a party. This, par- this is part of Harry Reid's long-lasting legacy. Earlier today, the Trump campaign team in Nevada held a press conference uh, within the presser attorney and Adam Luxalt outlined some of the most more consequential discoveries. Now, this lawsuit presents that 15,000 people voted in Nevada and, an, and another state. It also presents dead voters. Yeah, that's right. So what they went on to talk about in the press conference is people who live in California and have a residence in Nevada, which is common. It's pretty common. By the way, you can drive from uh, Las Vegas to uh, LA, I think just a matter of hours. It's not that far. But anyway, so what they're claiming is those people voted in both states. That's illegal. 15,000 of them did. And they may not have actually voted uh, of their own. It would just be names that were pulled and used for fraud. So that's what the lawsuit actually. So, you know, that's what the, um, uh, the Reno, what is it? The Reno Nevada, what is I'm sorry, let me find the story again. Oh, there it is. The Reno Gazette Journal, you know, they took two guys to write without evidence. Nevada GOP continues legal push to question Nevada's election integrity. Notice that headline, by the way, election integrity. It doesn't say anything about what election fraud, election integrity. See, again, it's the frog boiling in the water. They, don't, they want people to see, look at this, the GOP is just trying to uh, 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 you know, I'll misalign Nevada and question their election integrity. So there's a lawsuit that's filed that's questioning the election results, not the election re- integrity. And then there's this story. This is from the Federalist. In Nevada, a corrupt cash for vote scheme is hiding in plain sight. 
Okay, remember what those Reno Gazette journalists, their headline is, without evidence, Nevada GOP continues legal push to question Nevada's election integrity. So we already got one lawsuit, and then we have this, a corrupt cash-for-vote scheme and hiding in plain sight. In tribal areas, Native American nonprofits illegally offered gift cards, electronics, and other prizes in an effort to get out the vote for Joe Biden. It should surprise no one that Nevada has problems with election security and voter fraud, especially after the state mailed an absentee ballot to every registered voter. There goes those 15,000. By this year, whether he requested one or not, uh, then received back more than eight times as many mail-in ballots as they did in 2016. Uh, that's part of the reason Republicans in Nevada filed another lawsuit on Tuesday, the one I mentioned, alleging widespread voter fraud. But remember what the, the Reno guys, the Reno Gazette guys, without evidence, Nevada GOP continues legal push to question Nevada's election integrity. Remember that, without evidence part. Um, but there's another, less. this is back from the article from the Federalist, right? But there's another less sensational but perhaps more consequential election scandal in Nevada that hasn't yet made the headline, even though it's been hiding in plain sight for weeks now. Under the guise of supposedly nonprofit, nonpartisan, get-out-the-vote campaigns, Native American voter advocacy groups in Nevada handed out gift cards, electronics, clothing and other items to voters in tribal areas. In many cases, documenting the exchange of ballots for prizes on their Facebook pages, sometimes even while wearing official Joe Biden campaign gear. Simply put, this is illegal. Offering voters anything of value in exchange for their votes is a violation of federal election law, and in some cases punishable by up to two years in prison and as much as $10,000 in fines. That includes raffles, free food, free t-shirts, and so on. And it goes on to show you pictures. Uh, the Nevada Native Vote Project, McDermott and OIA voters dropping off their ballots and picking up their gas cards. It's right there. November 3rd is the date. <laughs> On their Facebook page, they put this. You can't make this stuff up. It's just uh, unbelievable. It's on their Facebook page. They actually have put their own documented evidence and proof that it was a vote for pay scheme, and they're proud of it. <laughs> This is Nevada. Oh, but wait a minute. What are those What are those guys in the Reno Gazette? Without evidence, Nevada GOP continues legal push to question Nevada's election integrity. <laughs> oh, my gosh, people. I tell you, I just, it gets just, uh, I, I, I can't help but laugh. I just cannot help but laugh because it's so ridiculous. They, they keep, it gets, the hole keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper. Here, one last thing, if I can find it, um, on Scott Baio. Remember Scott Baio of Joni and Chachi fame, Happy Days fame? Even he tweeted something out, and I'm totally not able to find it. I'm going to try to find it, and I'll bring it up. I got another story about the election real quick that I'll give you. You heard that all of these people, uh, Californians and such, are going to move to Georgia, and they're going to uh, take up residence in the state of Georgia. So that story came out a couple of days ago, and it's just totally stupid because what these idiots don't know, and this is what's so rich about that. I live in the state of Georgia, right? Right now, if you wanted to get a driver's license in the state of Georgia, which you're going to have to need to prove residency, you actually have to make an appointment. And I had an issue with um, registration of one of my automobiles 
a couple months ago, I guess. And the appointment wasn't, I mean, it was like a month out. I had to wait a month. So all these people are going to move into Georgia. They're going to have to go through this process. They'll make their appointment. And once they make their appointment, it may be too late. They want to see, they're all talking about moving to Georgia to vote in this Senate race, the runoff race, right? They're all talking about, we're going to move to Georgia. Andrew, Andrew Yang uh, said he's moving to Georgia with his family to help in the Senate race. And basically what that means is they're all going to move into Georgia, take up residence so they can vote. And they have until I think October something to vote or no, 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 December 5th, maybe or something like that. But anyway, the runoff is January 5th. And so they're all going to come to Georgia take up residence and vote for our U.S. senators. Total, total, just sleazy move. Just a total sleaze move. But they have to prove re residency. They can't just waltz in, apply, and prove residency. They got to actually prove, or they got to prove their residence. So they got to take up a residence here. And they got to get a driver's license. And in order to get a driver's license, they got to go to the driver's license, uh, the DMV. And in order, right now to go to the DMV, you got at least a month wait, probably longer now. And if they do this, it'll clog up the system even longer. And then, and then, <clears throat> if they register, they got to, by the way, when they um, go to get the Georgia driver's license, they have to surrender their current state driver's license. And then they got to sign an affidavit that they are residents now when they go to vote. The voter registration is an affidavit, and it's a felony if they lie. And then it may take up to 30 days. So these numbnuts are going to move to Georgia. And by the time they actually can get residents to take, to actually vote here in the state of Georgia, it'll be too late. <laughs> the election will be over. But these idiots, they don't care. They don't do any kind of research or any kind of uh, due diligence. They just come and they just think, oh, man, we're, we're going to take up residents. This is a grand idea. I have a great idea. Let's move to Georgia and vote. It's not that easy, people. By the way, when they go to vote in Georgia, they uh, they don't get their voter registration right away. It's mailed to them again in about a month. And also, if there's any fraud, then it's going to be cast aside. If they, if see that it has to be approved. You don't think the state of Georgia knows this? So these numbnuts are going to move to Georgia and then not realize what they have to go through to become a resident of Georgia because you have to be a resident in order to vote in our elections. And so I'm looking at this story as just a total nonsense story. These idiots, they're going to say this, but by the time reality strikes, I hope they come. I really do. They can come and they can go to our restaurants. They can visit uh, all of our places. Or one beautiful state, Atlanta. I'm sure they all come to Atlanta. Heck, I may even run into a few of them. Uh, spend their money here. Come on, come on down. Spend your money. But chances are you're not going to be able to vote in our election because you're one, are you willing to give up your driver's license? Two, are you willing to, you, you can't just say, uh, you can't give them a P.O. box, by the way. <laughs> you have to give them a real address, and uh, then they're going to verify all this stuff. And if you lie on your application, uh, it's a felony. <laughs> so go ahead. Come on. Come on. Come on down to Georgia. And by the way, it was Scott Bayo. Here's what he said. I found the tweet. Uh, he said, this is next level censorship. Uh, and what he saw and what he p tweeted out is Twitter now is is shadow banning the search dominion voting system so if you put in a hashtag dominion voting system it comes up no results no results for hashtag dominion voting systems so the tech giants there's our segue the tech giants continue their practice of keeping you in the dark because they don't want you to know this stuff they don't want you researching 
Dominion voting systems. They don't want you finding out about this guy, you know, the, uh, uh, what's his name, Eric Coomer of Dominion. They don't want you seeing where he, you know, said Trump's not going to win. I made blanking sure, effing sure of that. No, 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 no. They don't want you to see that at all. They want you in the dark, and they want to keep you in the dark as long as they can. This is what the tech giants – so the tech giants went up to Capitol Hill again yesterday. You know, I'm not really sure what, what's going to come up. I mean, look what's going on. They're still doing it. They're, I mean, the tech giants are still doing exactly what they did. You know, they went to Capitol Hill, what, about a month ago, uh, got grilled, and it's the same stuff. Nothing's changed. That uh, You know, Jack Dorsey and uh, Mark Zuckerberg – were the ones that were up on the Capitol Hill this time. And do you really think it's going to make any changes, these guys? No, no, it's not. They don't care. Well, here's what uh, Jack Dorsey said uh, on Capitol Hill. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, he's the one, his Twitter, his company Twitter, is the one that suppressed um, New York Post. So I found a New York Post office, Post office, New York Post office. Sorry about that. New York Post article. This is what it's like doing the remote. It's not as smooth, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, from the article from the New York Post, it's tweet a culpa is the headline. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey admits post lockdown was a mistake. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey on Tuesday conceded that the social media titan made a mistake in locking the Post account and restricting the spread of its reporting on Hunter Biden's overseas business dealings. Dorsey made the mea, the near, near mea culpa during a Senate Judiciary Committee hearing in which he and Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg were grilled over their company's outsized influence and perceived anti-conservative bias. Uh, we recognize it as a mistake that we made, both in terms of the intention of the policy and also the enforcement action of not allowing people to share it publicly or privately, said Dorsey, responding to a question from Senator John Corn, Republican Texas, about the back post blackout. Dorsey went on to say that the move was corrected within 24 hours when, in fact, the company refused to unlock the Post account unless the publication deleted its initial tweets on the Hunter Biden stories. In fact, that's true. That's true. Uh, Dorsey, it was corrected within 24 hours. No, it wasn't corrected within 24 hours. In 24 hours, when the brouhaha blew up, uh, Jack Dorsey basically, and he said this in the committee last time, is that, no, no, we, they, the policy is if they want to resubmit the original story they can but what new york post said is we're not we're not deleting that story we're not going to go in and delete the story uh because that would be giving in this extortion what twitter was doing so uh, about two weeks later twitter finally caved and unblocked new york post story new york post did nothing they unblocked the story and allowed it to go on into the ethernet if you will and so now he's trying to say, yeah, you know, we did correct it within 24 hours and it was wrong of us to do it. But well, look at what they're doing now. I mean, look at what Scott Bale pointed out on Twitter. Now they're banning search searches. You can't search certain hashtags regarding Dominion because they've, they've shadow banned it. I mean, I'm shadow banned on Twitter right now. Uh, I can tweet, but most people aren't seeing my tweets. And I, I hear from a lot of conservatives where they're just not um, uh, growing or they're losing followers. 
I mean, Twitter, they're doing the same thing they've always been doing. And Facebook is no better. Facebook is just the same. You know, the question is, how do you combat all this? Now, there, there's a video on Rumble. That's one of the ways you combat it. By the way, you get off of those platforms like YouTube and Facebook, and you go to newer platforms. But the problem with that is, and I'm going to play this video in just a minute about uh, with Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, the problem with that is <clears throat> Facebook has, what, billion and a half people? And Facebook, their their uh, demographic skews pretty le uh, right. There's a lot of more mature, older people on there that are conservative. They're t millions upon millions, hundreds of millions. So how do you get all of them to move from one platform to the other? Because the I the, the issue is reach. How do you reach people? That's what Facebook. That's what Twitter does. Um, that's what MySpace did, but they bellied up. That it's about reach. It's about reaching a number, a large number of people electronically because it makes it convenient and easy. It's a lot simpler to reach out like that. So all these other platforms, how do they grow that fast? Now, Twitter is losing users left and right, and so is Facebook. Both of them uh, had some earnings decreases. Uh, Twitter, I think, is probably the one that's more at risk to go away than Facebook. Uh, and Mark Zuckerberg, or uh, Zuckerberg, whatever you feel about him, I think he knows that. Jack Dorsey at Twitter, if you watched any of those things, that dude's loopy. There's something, I mean, there's something wrong in that head. I mean, he's gone so far eccentric that, you know, I, I'm, I'm just wondering if there's more going on that we don't see because the dude just looks loopy. I mean, there's something going on. Zuckerberg's just a weird guy to begin with. Um, at least that's my opinion. But anyway, Zucker, Zuckerberg <clears throat> uh, was questioned by Senator Hawley. Hawley, Hawley, don't know how you say his name. H-A-W-L-E-Y. As the task has under off. Let me, let me switch to a different topic. Uh, well, I'm talking, talking about, about content Sintra. moderation. I'm talking what about individuals. internal tool called Sentra. Uh, Senator, I'm not aware of any tool with that name. Mm. Well, let me see if this refreshes your memory. There's a demonstrative now over my shoulder. Centra is a tool that Facebook uses to track its users, not just on Facebook, but across the entire internet. Centra tracks different profiles that a user visits, their message kind of sharing that you're talking about. But once I've done that, I would be happy to, to follow up. All right. So you won't, you won't commit to do it here. We could, of course, subpoena this information. But I'd much rather get it from you voluntarily. But I think let everybody take note that, that Mr. Zuckerberg has now repeatedly refused to provide information that he knows that he has and has now acknowledged that he has that tasks has under oath. Let me, let me switch to a different topic. Uh, Mr. Zuckerberg, tell me about Centra. What is the Facebook internal tool called Centra? Uh, Senator, I'm not aware of any tool with that name. Mm. Well, let me see if this refreshes your memory. There's a demonstrative now over my shoulder. Centra is a tool that Facebook uses to track its users, not just on Facebook, but across the entire internet. Centra tracks different profiles that a user visits, their message recipients, their linked accounts, the pages they visit around the web that have Facebook buttons. Centra also uses behavioral data to monitor users' accounts, even if those accounts are registered under a different name. And you can see a shot here, a screenshot provided to us of the Centra platform. We blocked out the user's name in the interest of privacy, although you can see this individual's birth date and age when they first started using Facebook, their last login, as well as all manner of trackings. How many different devices have they used to access Facebook? How many different accounts are associated with their name? What accounts have they visited? What photos have they tagged? And on and on and on. 
Mr. Zuckerberg, how many accounts in the United States have been subject to review and shut down through Centra? Senator, I do not know because I'm not actually familiar with the name of that tool. I'm sure that we have tools that help us with uh, our, our platform and community integrity work, um, but I, I am not familiar with that name. Do you have a tool that does exactly what I've described and that you can see here over my shoulder? Or are you saying that that doesn't exist? Senator, I, I'm saying that I'm not familiar with it and that I, I'd be happy to follow up. Uh, and and uh, get you and your team the information that that you would like on this, um, but I, I'm I'm limited in what I can what what I'm familiar with and can share today. It's always amazing to me, Mr. Chairman, how many people before this committee suddenly develop amnesia. Maybe it is something about the air. So for those who were listening to the audio versus watching the video of this, um, Zuckerberg looked like a deer in the headlights. Now Zuckerberg always kind of looks goofy anyway, but. Maybe it's a haircut. I don't know. But anyways, Zuckerberg looked like he was completely caught off guard. You heard it that he's saying he don't he doesn't know the name of that whatever entity um, that Senator Hawley was talking about. So here's the thing. It it exists. I mean, Holly, if you watch the video of this, you see Holly put up a placard behind him that showed it, and you could see Zuckerberg look like, holy crap. Either he's ill-informed of what's going on at his company, or it is by another name. And Holly caught that and asked him, too, and he says, oh, I got to get back to you. And they always do that. They always say, I got to get back to you, which is complete nonsense, complete BS. I got to get back to you. No, no, no. You answer this right now now right now and but they don't do it because you know you look at jack dorsey if you watched his video he kept talking about policy and procedure policy and procedure now you're consumers i'm a consumer have you ever gone to a store and had a complaint and people well our policy is and didn't that just make you angry i spent a large portion of my career in the retail environment as a field manager and dealt with this all the time i used to teach my people never Never mention anything about policy. Never say it's our policy because that, that pisses people off more than anything else. So you had Jack Dorsey up there saying it was our policy. Uh-huh. So it was a default. So man's a billionaire. All right. Man is arguably, you know, you can't argue his success. Twitter, you can argue the success of Twitter. It's not a profitable entity, at least not right now. Uh, but, you know, he also started Square. Mm, that's where most of his money and his wealth comes from. It didn't come from Twitter. Um, and then Zuckerberg, <coughs> Zuckerberg, his wealth came from Facebook. So look at the two entities, by the way. So Zuckerberg's always, I'll have to get back to you. Dorsey, Dorsey is always, it's our policy. So Dorsey defaults to policy. Zuckerberg defaults to, I'll have to get back to you. Uh, I, I, it's BS. It's total BS. Dorsey just can't explain why they did what they did. They don't want to explain it, so they just default and say it's policy. They don't want to say it's bad policy. They just want to, they just default. It's policy. Well, that was our policy. Well, that was our policy. Well, how come you're not applying your policy evenly across? Well, I have to get back to you. Ah! And Zuckerberg does it all the time. So let's look at two, each one, right? So if Twitter goes away, there are a lot of alternatives to Twitter. I mean, Twitter is insignificant in the realm of it. There are about 330 million people on Twitter. You know, if Twitter goes away tomorrow, uh, there's plenty of avenues for Twitter for people on Twitter. Parler being one of them, uh, but Facebook is different. That's where Zuckerberg's wealth came from. Facebook. 
uh, that's the company for him that is the driver. He's got a lot more at stake, and most of his wealth is tied up in Facebook stock. So if any one of them changes, I think it'll be Facebook. I don't know if they're going to change. You know, if Zuckerberg truly is that clueless about what's going on in his own company, that means the people within his company, that's the culture, by the way, of the company. And the people within his own company are going to continue those practices because that's the culture that he's fostered. It always comes from the top. Make no mistake. If you are in the market for a job, one of the questions you need to always ask is tell me about the company culture. The company culture at both of these companies are frothing in the mouth leftists. They hate the right. They hate you. They hate your guts. They just doesn't mean you should leave these platforms, by the way. In fact, you shouldn't if you're on them. I wouldn't. I'm not. Actually, we need to keep fighting back and keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Because this is the second time they've had to go and answer for themselves up there. So, you know, keep fighting the fight. I mean, Facebook has a large audience. I mean, it's huge what is on Facebook. Because it's over, it's like a billion, I think it's over a billion and a half. The next largest one, I believe, is YouTube, which is over a billion. So these platforms, we shouldn't have to bend to their needs and wills and wants. They should bend to ours. We're the consumer. But they don't. They don't because they know they could just, you know, pebble. It's a, it's a drop in the bucket if, you know, a group of Trump supporters that are 30,000 gets suspended. They know those people aren't going to go anywhere else because there is nowhere else like on Facebook. There is plenty on Twitter. Twitter has more to lose, but I don't think they care. It's not a profitable entity. You know, creepy, weirdo Jack Dorsey could just go over to Square where he's got the money coming in from there. It's not going to affect him too much. But Zuckerberg? I think there's more there. I think he's a little more nervous about all this than um, than weirdo Jack Dorsey. But I also, you know, I don't expect any change. I don't expect these tech giants to change the way that they suppress voices on the right at all, at all. All right, let's get into uh what are these governors and mayors and all that doing across the country uh, regarding your Thanksgiving? Well, they want you to limit it. Remember, now, they want you, you, the boiling, uh, the frog in the boiling water, they want you to listen to them by only having less than 10 people. No more than 10. You can have no more than 10 people at your holiday gathering. I don't care if you have annual holiday gatherings of 15 or more. No, our governors, our mayors, now uh, leftist ones, want you to, they want you to not. They want you to listen to them because science and that, you know, they, they want you to acquiesce. And this is what you can expect in a Biden presidency, by the way. He wants mandates that uh, – a mask mandate. He wants a mask mandate. He's talking about a four- to six-week lockdown, but they're all hypocrites. Governor Newsom of California – Here's the headline from the Western Journal. This is all over the place, by the way. I chose the Western Journal because I didn't want to give anybody else the click. Governor, California Governor Gavin Newsom caught attending party that seems to violate his own COVID restrictions. That's right. This Democratic California Governor Gavin Newsom is now saying that he made a mistake by attending a November 6th birthday party in Napa that appears to have violated state COVID-19 rules. The governor violated his own rules. The about face came after AIDS initially defended the governor who has imposed aggressive lockdowns around the state and recently castigated state residents for not following the rules. 
rules for thee, but not for me. That's not from the article. I just said that. As reported by the San Francisco Chronicle, Newsom and his wife, Jennifer Seville Newsom, went to a restaurant for a 50th birthday party for Jason Kinney, one of the governor's political advisors. Governor Gavin Newsom attended a birthday party or birthday dinner for one of his political advisors last week with at least a dozen people from different households. The type of gathering his administration has discouraged during the coronavirus pandemic. State guidelines limit gatherings defined as social situations that bring together people from different households at the same time in a single space or place to a maximum of three households. Really? I mean, gosh. <laughs> gatherings that include more than three households are prohibitive. This is the state telling its citizens. Think about that. The state telling its citizen, citizens gatherings that include more than three households are prohibited. Oh, yeah, it's not fascism when they do it. Uh, the state's rules stipulate. The rules do not say there is an exception for gatherings at restaurants. <laughs> Those at the party did not dispute that uh, the event had more than three households in attendance. Uh, you know, this is the left. Uh, so <clears throat> what Newsom is saying, oh, yeah, I didn't know there was going to be that many people. Uh, I went there. I should have not sat down. I should have said, oh, no, there's too many people here. And I should have told everybody they needed to uh, uh, disperse. This is too many. No, 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 no. You, this is not right. Uh, you know, so and uh, I should have just said no, but I didn't. I was weak. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's what Newsom basically said. I'm not going to read his quote. I don't really care about what the boy says anymore. I'm tired. I'm tired of these leftists that are telling us what we can and cannot do. He's a hypocrite. He knew exactly. He's the governor of the state of California, and he's the one who instituted these rules. He's been on TV talking about these rules, and for him to come to us now and say, I was weak. It was a weak moment. I made a mistake because I should have not sat down. I didn't know there were going to be that many people there. Bull. Crap. Lie. See, rules for thee, but not for me. And there, there's a ton of stories out there where uh, – Newsom is, is, you know, trying to say, ah, I'm fessing up. I'm a bigger man. I'm a bigger man. I mean, here's an article from CBS News, um, October 6, 2020, uh, written by Caitlin O'Kane. California governor's office tells diners to wear masks in between bites. And by the way, uh, there are photos from that birthday party that Newsom was at. Nobody was wearing a mask. Nobody. California governor's office tells diners to wear masks in between bites. Yeah, he knew exactly what was going on. So here's an article from uh, Kara News, uh, News for North Texas. That's just one I found for this um, topic. Governors ratchet up restrictions ahead of Thanksgiving. From California to Pennsylvania, governors and mayors across the U.S. are ratcheting up COVID-19 restrictions amid the rec record-shattering resurgence of the virus that is all but certain to get worse because of holiday travel and family gatherings over Thanksgiving. Leaders are closing businesses or curtailing hours and operations, and they are ordering or imploring people to stay home and keep their distance from others to help stem a rising tide of infections that threaten to overwhelm the health care system. Notice that, threaten to overwhelm the health care system. Oh, we can't do that. Oh, my gosh, no. Are you, you know, if you have that gathering with your family, 10 or more, that 11th person that shows up, you, you, you dastardly, dastardly person have just potentially threatened to overwhelm the health care system. How could you do that? So inconsiderate.
So here from, uh, from the article, I must again pull back the reins, New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy said on Monday, as he restricted indoor gatherings of 10 people down from 25. It gives me no joy, he says. <laughs> oh, look at California Governor Gavin Newsom announced he is pulling the emergency brake on efforts to reopen the economy, saying the state is experiencing the fastest growth in cases yet. And if left unchecked, it will lead to catastrophic outcomes. The more closes many, the move closes many non-essential indoor businesses and requires the wearing of masks outside of homes with limited expectations. Exceptions, I'm sorry. Limited exceptions. But not for him. No, 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 no. Oh, Mr. Newsom there, he can go to his uh, party of, uh, what was it, 50? Or the 50 birthday party and not wear a mask and, you know, go to a restaurant and, you know, live life and, you know, have a good time. Uh, a hoity-toity restaurant, by the way. I'm sure the food was delicious. Um, yeah, and it goes on and on. You know, we saw, what's her name? Lori Lightfoot, uh, mayor of Chicago, saying, Thanksgiving needs to be canceled. <laughs> I'm, you know, this is like, this is just crazy. An article, here's another uh, line in the article. We don't really want to see Mama at Thanksgiving and bury her by Christmas, said Dr. Mark Horn, president of the Mississippi State Medical Association. It's going to happen. You're going to say hi at Thanksgiving. It was so great to see you. And then you're going to either be visiting by FaceTime in the ICU or planning a small funeral before Christmas. Oh, don't fearmonger not no there's no fearmonger going on there <laughs> ladies and gentlemen uh this is all just that shit crazy and then it goes on like here's mayor lightfoot call the residents nation's third largest city restrict social gathering 10 or more philadelphia banned all indoor dining at restaurants and indoor gatherings of any size in michigan democratic governor gretchen whitmer warned she has the authority to issue a second stay-at-home order to curb the spike of coronavirus if necessary and said it was Incredibly reckless for President Donald Trump's science advisor, Scott Atlas, to urge people to rise up against Michigan's latest restrictions. And so, you know, why? Why do they do this? Well, they're doing it for power. It is for power. They want, see, they want you to sit down, shut up, and submit. The rise in coronavirus. Isn't it funny that the rise in coronavirus infections, by the way, has happened when the election results are being questioned. Isn't it kind of funny how it all happens at the same time? I mean, it's funny, right? Like funny, haha. Yeah, I don't. You know, uh, it's it's all it's all it's all devised, designed to shut us down, to shut us up, and accept this this election because Trump, orange man, bad, caused COVID nineteen. See these rises in infection rates? It's because of him. It makes it a little easier for you to think Biden's okay to be president, right? That's what it's all about. Everything that we see going on, they got the rise of racism. They're bringing that back out. They, they're bringing COVID out. They're pushing it back to the forefront. They're telling you that you're just crazy, that uh, there's no, what, without evidence, Nevada GOP continues legal push to question Nevada's election integrity. See, they're all saying without evidence, without evidence. And they ignore, they ignore all the evidence. All of it right in front of their eyes. Like this, this headline, two, two Los Angeles men um, caught, or two Los Angeles men charged with voter fraud submitted thousands of fraudulent registration applications on behalf of homeless people. We're supposed to ignore all of that because COVID is on the rise and you are a heartless uh, creature and threatening the, the, 
the you know hospitals with over and they you know being overrun by covid patients it's all your fault it's all your fault because you you don't care about people you don't care if your mama comes over you're going to say hi you you're so selfish you just want to say hi to mama on thanksgiving and the next thing you know you're going to be texting her in the icu and facetime her because you won't be able to see your mama you're so selfish for supporting president trump and you're racist too you're a racist, selfish, self-centered bastard. Actually, you're not. You're not. You're actually a patriot. You are actually uh, an honorable person. You actually want answers to these very important questions because you're smart. You understand the, the, what is at stake here. You understand the presidency of the United States is at stake here, which is the most powerful position in the world. You understand that the left want to get complete control of you. You understand that the Senate is going to be what's blocking them right now. You understand all of this. And you don't want to allow them to get what they want, which is power, absolute power. By the way, uh, a couple of real quick things as I was doing this over uh, the news came that Nancy Pelosi has been reelected as Speaker of the House for uh, a majority speaker for the Democrats. Yay. That's awesome news because I wanted her to be in that position because she is absolutely horrible. She delivered the, um, the worst performance the election to the Democrats, which was that they lost seats in the House. And by the way, there's still three seats or four seats that have been called, all leaning Republicans. So they've already lost 12 seats the Democrats have. It's potentially three or four more seats they can lose. They won't, the, Demo the Republicans won't get um, majority, but they're going to get awfully, awfully close. And one last story before we wrap it up today. And, and just another story from um, World Net Daily. And again, World Net Daily. I might give him another chance, but here's the headline. James Dobson, Biden regime would bring moral depravity. Uh, James Dobson previously described Joe Biden's declared support of transgender surgery for children as lunacy. Now the evangelical leader uh, is warning uh, of much more to come should the Democratic ticket be confirmed the winner of the disputed 2020 election. I won't speculate on the voting controversy, he wrote in a newsletter to supporters. If, however, American citizens have handed over the reins of power to the Biden-Harris ticket, it is important that we examine the platform on which they ran. Elections have consequences, as we know. Uh, Dobson uh, goes on to say he began with the sanctity of life issue, noting Biden has told us empathetically that he will bring an open season to unborn children. In other words, abortion. It's true. Uh, he will force Americans to fund abortions during his first week in office. He said that he will implement abortion on demand nationwide without any limits. He will force Americans to fund Planned Parenthood, the biggest abortion provider. He will force Christians such as the Little Sisters of the Poor to fund abortions in their health insurance plans. And he will stack the courts with pro-abortion judges who would keep abortions legal for decades to come. That should break the heart of every lover of God's children, Dobson Road. And he's right. It really is. If, if, if Biden will unleash uh, because the left want that. But here's the thing, and I'm, I'm going to uh, counter what uh, Dobson is saying here just a bit. I agree with the headline, by the way, that Biden's regime will bring on moral depravity. But what he's describing in that abortion line is um, par for the course for Democrats. It's just par for the course. Uh, where, so <clears throat> where I disagree with him on this or where I'm going to bunt a little bit on this is that if the GOP can keep the Senate – a lot of this can't happen. Uh, you know, he goes on to talk about he'll spend trillions on this Green New Deal. Again, if we keep the Senate, 
that can't happen. That's the thing about this election right now. The presidency is important, but the Senate right now is even more important. If the presidency is lost, we have to retain the Senate. We have to retain the Senate. The way that we can all, you can all support the two candidates, uh, uh, David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler, is financially, of course. If you live in the state of Georgia, obviously there's more ways that you can support them. But this is the most important race right now in the country is the Senate. But where I agree with Dobson, Biden regime would bring moral depravity. Um, the evidence is plain as day. And the evidence is Hunter Biden. If you look at his son, Hunter Biden, that's that, you know, I, I have children. And every time my children do something wrong or have a... Um, a character flaw, uh, a lapse, it breaks my heart because they're my children. And Hunter Biden's character flaws are, are obvious and huge. He's a degenerate. And Joe Biden was his father. Now, you can't blame the father for everything. But if that's his children, and his daughter, by the way, was busted for a credit card fraud. These are his children, not just one that has had run-ins, it's two. So, yeah, I, I agree with Dobson that Biden regime would bring in moral depravity, but I think it's on a scale that's bigger than even what he thinks. All the things he said are true. Yes. You know, the abortion, Green New Deal, all that. Yes. But that's, that's par for the course for Democrats. Even Barack Obama's children or don't seem to be degenerates like Joe Biden's children. Um, even Chelsea Clinton isn't depraved like Hunter Biden is depraved. And, you know, if they were, the media would hide it. But if they were as bad as Hunter Biden, I don't think the media could hide it. Not anymore. Not with the alt media now. Because if people like me, like you, we give it up on mainstream media. I mock them. My whole role here is I'm picking up, pick them apart and showing you how they lie, how they obfuscate, how they mislead. And uh, right now, the media, they're just to be mocked. But Joe Biden as president with Kamala Harris as VP, yeah, you'll have your moral depra- uh, depravity all right, and it'll be huge. Hey, thanks for listening to this segment of the PBO podcast. I know a little bit disjointed uh, because I am on the road and uh, don't have all the full resources I normally have as I do this podcast, So, but I do appreciate you listening and sticking in. Please do visit our website, thepbopodcast.com. I put all my show notes there, uh, the videos, everything's on there. You can get to my YouTube link there, and if you do, it's uh, Politics and Brown Liquor. Please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. I'm also on Rumble. Subscribe for us on Rumble as well. Uh, you can visit me at Parlor Twitter, as the PBL podcast and do visit my Facebook page, facebook.com slash politics and brown liquor, or actually I think it's politics, the PBL podcast, one or the other, both will get you there. And so like the page, we've I've had a flurry of likes on the page. It's grown exponentially in the last few days. Appreciate all the people who have liked the page. I'm going to continue to keep putting up information that hopefully is useful, but do give me in comments on the page what you want to see. And uh, if you see anything that just doesn't look right, please call me out on it. Because, again, I want everyone who listens to this show and every other show to never buy anything that they're selling unless you know it to be true or you verify it yourself. But I do want you to go to my uh, show notes because I do have a link there for merchandise, PBO merchandise. (laughs) That I do want you to buy. Anyway, thanks for listening to this segment of the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. (laughs) 